It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. A listener writes in, can Steph Curry flip red states? That's kind of where we're at at this point, I think. Uh, welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Russ Goldberg, Warriors writer for Mercury News, and I'm here with Charles T. Hamilton. We'll get to some listener questions in today's Twitter poll later on, but I wanted to start with Steph's Q&A with Dr. Anthony Fauci, who, of course, is the country's leading expert on the coronavirus response. He is that guy that is always up there with uh, Donald Trump during these White House press briefings. He is the guy that always sounds really informed. In case you don't know who I'm talking about, he's <laughs> the smart one, right? Uh, what and he and Steph had him on his Instagram live channel for a a 30 minute Q and A. It was watched by almost 50,000 people. Think of this idea in general. I I love it. I think it's smart. You know, there was a. Uh, I mean, I'll just say it. Part of my take had him on, and I just I I think it's really smart for. These, you know, the podcast part of my take, uh, a guy like Steph Curry, who has a a following and a demographic that probably isn't really paying close attention to the specifics of the pandemic that's going on and, you know, how serious it is and the idea that young people can't get it or won't get sick or just, you know, all some some of the misinformation that's out there. Uh, I, I think it's great for uh, Steph to do that, to to use his platform and understand his demo that he has to, you know, try and inform. And I, I thought it was great. I think there's only a couple of people um, in the world who could do what he did today and reach the people that he did, uh, you know, LeBron stuff. Um, and that's about it. You know, you can maybe throw KD in there, but he doesn't yeah. really, yeah, I mean, honestly, but you know, KD doesn't really do the the social media much or at least in the way that Steph does. And so, I mean, those are those are really right. the two main ones, and so I I'm praising them for it. I think I thought it was great. You, I think you hit on a key thing there. I mean, like I I've been doing nothing but reading this stuff <laughs> over, like all all like I spend an hour every morning. I wake up and I basically just consume coronavirus news, uh, mostly because I want to be informed and know what's happening. But also, it it's addicting. It is the biggest story that we will probably ever live through and 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 kind of experience. Yeah. So. Uh, but a lot of people aren't doing that. And Steph said during during the Q&A session, one of the reasons why he wanted to do this was because he would see photos of people on beaches or in parks and not adhering to social distancing rules and guidelines and these things. And and a lot of people have been blaming, you know, Gen, Gen Z and millennials for, for, you know, partly for just not listening to this stuff. And maybe it's because they're not waking up every morning and, and reading the Washington Post and the New York Times for an hour, right? Maybe they're mm-hmm. maybe they're just trying they're just like, you know what, screw it. Like the bars are the bars are closed, but I'm gonna go out and do whatever I want anyway. Uh, and I think Steph did reach those people because a lot of people now get their news on social media. Like they don't uh, we have cord cutters who don't even have access to to local news channels anymore. Uh, a lot of people get it from social media and Steph, like you said, with his following, is able to to have this reach that a guy like 
Dr. Fauci cannot do on his own, right? Mm -hmm. You can watch the White House press briefing on CNN, but you may not have CNN if you're Gen Z and you don't believe in paying for a cable subscription. So this is sort of, this might be the first time you've ever even, if you're young enough, and I, you know, I, I implore our, our listeners, if, if you are one of these people, if you fall into this category, if maybe that's the first time you've ever heard Fauci speak, as much as he's been on the news, that might be the first time you've heard him speak. Yeah, definitely. No, I, uh, uh, you know, just talking about the demographic and the way they reach people, you know, where he's been is like you said, in press briefings with Trump and, uh, you know, I, I stay informed, but I also try and stay away from it during this time. So I, I I understand what's going on and all those things, but I also don't watch CNN every night. And that's where you would usually see them or Fox News or MSNBC, whatever, you know, news channel you watch. So for Steph to take the initiative and for Dr. Fauci to understand that it's, you know, important for him uh, yeah. to understand that, you know, he could get to a, a demographic that he wouldn't be able to uh, on the nightly news. You know, I, I just thought it was huge for both parts. And it's just, uh, you know, not... It, it's weird when we praise Steph so much, but this is one of those things where it's well deserved because it was an incredibly smart, um, well, you know, um, executed, yeah. and just it, it, it was great in my opinion. And uh, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about what he did today and getting Fauci on. I mean, that's that's also huge. Like, I don't know how he went about it or anything. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's connections somewhere there, but. It just, uh, I was incredibly impressed by the entire, you know, presentation and the info and all of it. I believe, and I, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about this. I believe it was Fauci's people who kind of were perusing uh -huh. um, possible options and they had reached out and Steph to, uh, agreed to do it. But it would have been really easy for Steph to just, because he started taking listener questions. It would have been really easy for Steph to get on there on his Instagram channel and just read listener questions but you can tell that he did his homework he's done his research and by the way he's been this isn't the only thing he's done uh his his um eat play live foundation i think i got that right uh mm -hmm. has been helping donating food to school children who otherwise you know only eat lunch at school uh who are obviously not at school anymore and and you know he's been involved he was involved in that million dollar donation to the war to warriors out of work uh, arena workers and and so he's been involved on this he's been engaged on social media and I'm like you, like, you never want to puff piece this stuff. And I had a hard time with that a little bit when I was writing my, I had to write a story for Mer the Mercury News on all of this. I'm like, I don't want this to come across as a puff piece. But in this instance, he should be praised. And it's it, like, you can't do anything other than make, like, it, you don't want to go full ball and puff piece. But like, this was unprecedented to have a leader mm -hmm. in the sports world and a leader in the medical world come together for 30 minutes and have a frank and honest and, and, uh, informative conversation that Steph was a valuable part of. He wasn't just a conduit for for Fauci's words to go through, right? He Fauci yeah. wasn't just simply using his platform. He was using like Steph Curry was also uh, informed and just he did a good job in participating in that conversation. And I thought it was maybe the one of the best things I've seen in in regards to presenting information in a new way and in an informative way and in an accurate way. As far as I'm that that I've seen throughout this entire process, certainly better than these White House briefings that have been all over the place. And I think that's part of the reason why Fauci is doing these things, why why he's out out in front of this stuff, is because he needs as much time as possible to relay accurate information during these times. No question. And by the way, uh, any of our listeners who are, I mean, not to say it's just young people are doing it. I'm with Steph 100% when I see, you know, all these people out at the beach or 
or, you know, a crowded uh, bike path where I'm living or whatever, like stay at home, uh, maybe get, get some exercise walking around your neighborhood or something. But man, I'm, I'm so with Steph. We, we have to take this incredibly seriously and, and shelter in place. I mean, (laughs) I know that's the, the, you know, the popular term right now, but just stay home, please. I think that's a good place to end this segment. We will get to your listener questions next. This is Locked on Warriors. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Cisco. Modern Modernization Today has the products you need to modernize your workplace, like Wi-Fi booster crystals. Let their metaphysical powers enhance connectivity and spiritually awaken your Internet of Things. At CDW, we get crystals won't modernize your network. You need Cisco Catalyst access points that are Wi-Fi 6 compatible and can help you improve reliability, increase capacity, and reduce latency. Cisco and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash Cisco. All right, Charles, we're going to switch it up a little bit from our shelter-in-place and coronavirus talk. Let's just get right into the draft. I know you love the draft. We've got some listener questions about the draft, so let's just get right into it. Why is one listener right then? Why is Denny the best prospect in the draft? Let's I, I don't know if you believe this, but make an argument why he would be. I he's the best wing out there. And again, he's you know, he's a uh plays overseas, so I don't have as much access. Well, especially now, you know, since no one's playing right now, but as much access to <laughs> him uh as you know, the guys that just played at, at Villanova or, you know, regular college basketball. But he's six nine, he's two fifteen, he can handle uh smooth jumper. The 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 percentages aren't great on a a, a very uh large sample size. He's about thirty two percent from three, I think. But he's had some games, um, some of his more recent games where he would go, you know, four of six from three, three of five, and the jumper, it doesn't look broken or anything. Uh, so there's reason to believe that the jumper is there and at his size, solid defender, good instincts, all that stuff. And the reason why he is the best prospect in the draft, as uh, the question says, is because of today's NBA, because, you know, everyone's looking for a wing and he is the top wing, true wing out there. There are guys, uh, you know, that are about, what, six four, six five, maybe. But in my opinion, when you're looking for wings, it's about six six to six nine with, you know, close to a seven-foot wingspan is like the ideal wing uh, in today's NBA. That, that's a question I, I want to ask you, but, uh, you know, you, uh, once you get to Denny, one of the things I wonder when I hear people talk about wings is like, where does, what makes a wing? Where does it start and where does it stop? Like, do people think Austin yeah. Rivers is a wing? Because he's not. He's a solid player and can do some of the things a wing can do. But to me, there's a size aspect to it, a positional aspect. Um, that that I think some people kind of gloss over. I think that if, to use Brad Stevens' sort of categorizations, I mean, if you're not a point guard and you're not a big, then you're a wing these days. <laughs> I mean, just the way that it's, the That's way, good. like, if you're either a ball handler or you're a wing, if you're a perimeter player. Yeah. And, you know, Austin Rivers, you could argue, is a ball handler, but uh, I don't know. I just, 
the thing with wings, like small forwards don't even really exist anymore. Right. You know, like even a guy like Kevin Durant, like he, he played so much four for the Warriors. Yeah. It, it, like he, he started as a small forward, but like there's very few like actual just small forwards. You could argue like even Paul George might be the closest and he plays shooting guard so much now. Right. And so uh, it, they just like, that's the position. Like if you're, if you're, if you can handle the ball enough, you're a shooting guard. If you could, uh, if if you are, are tall enough, if you're six nine or more, they just they kind of move you down to power forward. Uh, so with Denny, I, I like him because he's six nine. He's nineteen years old, by the way, so he could still grow to six ten, maybe six eleven. That's not out of the realm of possibility. And I just love his upside. I really do. And you're right; like he is one of the. If you're the Warriors and you need a wing, which you do, and you need size and athleticism in that spot, which they absolutely do. I know Andrew Wiggins was a nice addition, but that's only the start, not the not the entire solution. Uh, going and getting a guy like Denny, who is ridiculously athletic, he can pass with both hands, he can finish with both hands, um, and obviously, like you said, has the size that you are, are looking for at that spot. You could slide him over to power forward and move Draymond at, to the center spot. And mm-hmm. we've heard Steve Kerr recently say on radio that uh, he does imagine Draymond Green next year playing more five. Yeah, And so if that's the case then you're not looking at drafting James Wiseman. You're not looking at signing a center to big money. You're looking at a guy who would allow Draymond to play more five. And yeah, they've got Eric Paschal there, but that's, again, just one person. You need more of those guys. I think Denny could be one of those guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's the guy who I have my eye on uh, at the top of the draft. Uh, yeah. My, um, my I, favorite... the, more I, I, the more I watch of him, I, the more I like him. For sure. My favorite, um, just because he's plug and play, and I've mentioned him before on here, Sadiq Bey out of Villanova. Um, mm-hmm. But again, he does not have the upside that that uh, Denny of Dia has, um, especially uh, he's a couple years older than him also. The next question is, who could the Warriors get with the trade exception and the mid-level? Wings, centers, a star. Uh, let's. I'm going to reframe this question. Who should they look for with – let's start with the mid-level exception, then if we have time, we can do the trade exception. But um, the mid-level exception, based on, depending on where the salary cap ends up, will depend on how much money it's actually worth, but – it's always going to be worth a percentage of the salary cap, so it's going to be a useful tool no matter what. Do you think that they should go after a certain position with that mid-level exception? I mean, wing always. is It's kind of what we just mentioned. Wings are so important in today's NBA, especially the way the Warriors want to play, especially with Draymond uh, looking at playing more five. You're looking for someone to try and complete that death lineup, uh, so to speak, or whatever you want to call it, of you know Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Blank, and then Draymond. And so for the mid-level, you know, I've got a list of uh, some potential or well, yeah, potential free agents. They, they are going to be free agents, not potential. Uh, Mo Harkless is one of them. I don't know if you'd have to mm. give him the mid-level to, to get him, but he's another guy that is, he's solid enough. Um, not going to yeah. tip the scales or anything, but you could do some things with him. And then really, as far as wings go, there's not a lot out there. There's, you know, like CJ Miles and Jay Crowder and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, here's a name that I don't think you'd be able to get, but who knows? I mean, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be able to get him with a mid-level. Paul Millsap, uh, you know, he's going to be a free agent, but I'm pretty sure he'll get some some money, especially considering uh, the lack of big-name free agents uh, this offseason. And then the guards, yeah. not a lot you'd want to spend money on as far as guards are concerned. If you can get Joe Harris for the mid-level definitely do it but again he's a guy that's going to get paid so you know i i the main one is mo harkless for me yeah i I like i like mo harkless i like jay crowder it sounds like he wants to stay in miami 
But um, I think if you look at that center spot with the mid-level exception, I think that would make a lot of sense for them, especially if you can get like, like you, you, you reach out to Paul Millsap and just say, Hey man, would you be one? Like he'd be a great fit. Uh, a guy like Marcus Gasol would be an awesome fit, but it would require like guys like Millsap and, and Gasol them taking less money in order to play for the Warriors, right? Which is not out of the question. We see this happen every year. It's not like not not to the Warriors, but across the league to champ to to contending teams. Teams our players will take less money to join those teams. That if Marcus Saul got a taste for a championship in Toronto that he just can't get out of his mouth, maybe he would try to uh, join the Warriors in that whole situation. But um, as far as the uh, mid level, I I love them using it on on a center because I'd rather use that trade exception on a wing because I think there's some real value that could be found there, whether it's a guy like Terrence Ross, if you're just looking for a score, I don't love that. Uh, Evan Fournier has been floated out there. I don't love that fit either, but you know, a guy like Rudy Gay, if you can go get him, that could make sense because like you said, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about Steph Clay Wiggins blank and Draymond Green, Rudy Gay is a very good blank, right? Mm-hmm. Like he can play that power four spot. Um, really well he could stretch the floor from the corners he could do this he could do stuff with the ball in his hands i mean he would be very harrison barnes ish in that spot yeah yeah. there are two names that i have that uh you know you might even be able to pick get a a a pick with them also these teams are probably looking to get rid of them to shed some salary and you know if the warriors are willing to pay that luxury tax on them uh you know these are still players who could contribute tony snell is one of them I know he's limited, but the guy's a a 40% three-point shooter. His entire career would be a nice piece off the bench for the Warriors. And then as far as them looking for a stretch big, I don't think it's going to be Dragon Bender. Uh, You know, people have floated out there, Amari Spellman potentially getting cut. If that happens, great. Would love to have him back. But he is under contract with the T-Wolves. So the other one was Kelly Olenek in Miami. So you might be able Mm. to pick up some assets while also, uh, you know, getting a player who could contribute. But, you know, I, I... Bigger names would be a lot more fun. I'll say that. Another Miami center who could be available, I think, because Kelly Olenek, uh, you'd have to trade for him. I think he's got one more year left after this, but or maybe a player mm-hmm. option that I'll probably take. Uh, Myers Leonard's going to be a free agent, yeah. and he is yeah, a stretch five. Yeah, and he's uh, the way he praised Draymond in the Warriors uh, after what was it, Western Conference Finals? Yeah, uh, you know, two years ago, he's a guy who might be interested, and you probably could get him for the minimum. Uh, which yep. you know would be or the nice, mid-level nice... elite at the very at, yeah. the, at the most I would say the mid-level yeah, uh, or part of the mid-level. Um, all right, he's let's, a knockdown uh, shooter. He's a legit shooter too. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's great. And defensively, he's been better in Miami than he was in Portland. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm biased. Uh, the Twitter polls <laughs> are next. You're listening to Lockdown Warriors. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making you old-fashioned today with the Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash watsonassistant to learn more. 
All right, Charles, let's wrap up today's show uh, with uh, checking the Twitter polls. The first one is, does Dr. Anthony Fauci really use that basketball hoop? Now, he, he had that basketball hoop in the background of his Q&A with Steph Curry. Seems to me to be a prop. One of my favorite hobbies these days is watching all the reporters for, like <laughs> it, because they're not in studio anymore, like on ESPN or whatever, yeah. reporting live from their home office and what sort of pretentious things they put in the background for yeah. the cameras to find. Dr. Fauci, uh, um, aptly put a basketball hoop behind him. Do you think he really uses it? You guys said yes. 78.8% of you said that yes, he does use it. 21% of you said no. What do you think? Do you think Anthony yeah, Fauci's yeah. dunking? Fauci gets buckets, no question. Uh, if I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the home setups because it's the same. I've, I've been judging everyone's, and I wanted to put this out on Twitter, but I'll ask you here: What would your home setup be if you're getting, Ooh. you know, had to get ready, had to uh, do some sort of, you know, uh, quick hitter or something? What would your home setup be? What would you be in front of? So I live in a studio apartment in San Francisco, so I don't have a lot of options. It's kind of a window or a single wall that yes. would be open and the like the my bed is in front of the window so that's not a great look because i don't want people to think i'm doing it for my bedroom so i will go right in front of my uh hanging bookshelf which currently has several books but with the uh the binding facing to the wall so you can't read what books they are so nice. I'd, I'd probably have to switch switch those around you know i'd have like david havelstam's breaks of the game out there i'd have some like all, like anything malcolm gladwell which i've read i have all of his books i just like line those all up be like oh wow he's smart <laughs> Um, and then I've got a couple of records up there. Like I've got some old green day albums. I've got some Kendrick Lamar albums like framed and, uh, I probably put those up there too. And then I've, I've got a print of the, uh, Miami, the front page of the Miami Herald, um, when the heat won their second championship, I'd probably put that depending on what it was. I may put that up there. If I needed to look a little bit more objective, I'd take that down depending on what the situation was. Yeah, um, I hear you. The real question is: the real question is, if you have a guitar, do you put that in the background? No, oh, no. I I think, <laughs> like, unless you really are, you know, uh, uh, can shred, as some might say. <laughs> uh, if not, you do not. You, you leave that out because, uh, yeah, I, I would just say leave that out. The thing is, with me, I don't yeah. have a book. I show. saw a CNN reporter with a with an acoustic guitar. Oh, no. oh, you don't? Okay. Oh no. Yeah, no bookshelves for me. So I mean, so what's yours? It might be, you know, my shelf with all my shoes on it. Um, but it's all they're all yeah. in their boxes, though. You know, I'm a guy that keeps my shoes in their boxes. So it would just be a bunch of shoe boxes, or you know, you talked about your framed stuff. Like I don't know, in front of my framed Mac Dre and Keek the Sneak posters. I guess there you go. You know, that's that's the thing. <laughs> that's why it would probably have to be in front of the shoes because there really is nothing else, unless it's just a white wall or something. Our next Twitter poll, is it still okay to be wearing those sweatpants that you are wearing now, or should you wash them? 55.6% of you said, I'm wearing them. 44% of you said, I should probably wash these. How are your sweatpants doing, Charles? They're good. I got, you know, I've got a heavy rotation of track suits and sweatpants. So it's, uh, I, I, I was, I'll say this, wash them, but, you know, put on the nice ones every once in a while. You know, it's a, uh, like you're going to work, put on your nice sweatpants. But yeah, if you're if you're down to one pair, you definitely got to wash them because uh, you know let's 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 be a little civilized here. We can still, you know, be uh, what is it hobo chic or something like that? I guess hobo. Uh, I need to wash mine. I'm I'm yeah. very quickly losing the chic part of my hobo look. Uh, <laughs> next, our final Twitter poll: 
Have you yet done a virtual happy hour? 32% of you said yes. 68% of you said no. 68% of you are really missing out is what yeah, I'm going to say. Sure. Yeah, I've uh, done one. Done multiple, actually. Yeah, same. It's how I uh, pass the time these days. Yeah, it's how that we wraps, stay sane. That's <laughs> how we do it. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Warriors. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, and iTunes about us. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Thanks for listening. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.